Looking forward to have these speakers deliver some amazing content for all of you to go ahead and really take things to the next level. Now, what we were able to put together here is phenomenal by way of a personalized experience to really learn from these speakers one-on-one. -on -one. Not many people get to interact with speakers of this level and level of success more so than anything else in this sort of setting without paying thousands of dollars. So more so than anything else, I'm super grateful for you guys attending our inaugural event. It means the world to me and I hope more so than anything else we can build a family for the future to help you guys continue to take things to the next level, keep improving, building, and making connections that are gonna be priceless for you in the future. Perhaps you can meet your next business partner, someone that could help you six months down the line. I want you to go ahead, more so than anything else, is have one defining moment from today. Walk away from Digital Growth Summit with something that is gonna help you, not just one week from now, or something that you're gonna go ahead and implement tomorrow when you get back into your ads manager, or build your next campaign, I want you to help yourselves for the long haul. And I look forward to having you guys here for the rest of the day. We have amazing, amazing speakers lined up. Our first speaker of the day is gonna be Jack Paxton. He's an absolute brilliant, brilliant marketer. So give a round of applause for Jack Paxton. Let's bring him over to the stage. Can everybody hear? Thumbs up? Yes, perfect. So first off, thank you very much for coming out on a Saturday. I know it's a, it's a big ask working on Saturdays. Um, and today I'm hopefully going to teach you a bunch of stuff about how to scale your company. So uh, I've done this a few times with many agencies, uh, brands, and uh, services. Um, so a little, bit of back, a little bit of background about me and uh, why some of the stuff I'm going to say might resonate and work well for your business is because my background has been in media buying for about eight plus years. Um, I've managed budgets from $100 a day in accounts all the way up to $100,000 a day in accounts. I'm going to show you the ads that we actually did that for. So you'll get to see some really cool ads that have spent uh, millions of dollars on them. Um, and I also started an ad agency called Top Growth Marketing and also build software products. Uh, so co-founded Viper.io and another one that's coming out called Hiax.com. Um, so th these are just a few of the clients that I've worked with. Um, they've gone through mostly e-commerce and we've scaled up these companies with paid ads. And so a lot of these tactics that you're going to learn today are going to help you scale with paid advertising budgets. And it's going to teach you a little bit about how to structure your accounts, uh, what you need to be doing to scale profitably, and a lot of the mistakes that I see in early stage companies trying to scale but failing. Um, so hopefully there's going to be a lot of stuff that you can learn from this. Um, this is the last slide about me, and then we're going to focus on you guys because that's what we're here to do today. So, as I said, first off, we want to go through the fundamentals of marketing. Um, too, many, too often do I see companies not doing this stuff, uh, and it's really, the, like, there's not a huge difference between a company that's making millions of dollars and a company that's struggling to make a few hundred dollars a day. Now, a lot of these things come down to these main principles, and you just need to make sure that you focus on the right thing, because when you first start a business, there's so many different things you can be doing. So, really just focus on these few things. So... I like to really start with these three core fundamentals. Um, so anytime I usually take on a new client, I say, okay, these are the three things that you have control over that's going to help scale your company and your brand. So the first off is, what does your copy and creative look like? Are you creating ads or even just content that is resonating with the right customer? 
is it, is it standing out? Is it interesting? Do people want to click it and share it? So the first metric that you can optimize and the first lever that you can pull is your ad creative. So this is something that you can control and you want to continually be testing. You want to always be testing these three things and gradually getting better and better results over time. You don't all of a sudden go from a website that doesn't convert to a 6% conversion rate overnight. It takes months. So you need to slowly be adjusting these levers as you go. The next one is controlling your traffic. So where are you getting your traffic from? How targeted is it? And um, what sort of uh, interest targeting, lookalike audiences, all that sort of stuff do you have? A lot of this stuff that I'm going to go over is going to be focused around Facebook ads because um, that is by far one of the easiest channels to scale up an e-commerce company on. Just by show of hands, how many of you guys are in e-commerce and how many... Okay got most of you guys. And how many of you guys are trying to sell a service? Okay, so more e-commerce. So really, uh, when it comes down to traffic, it's all about testing, finding channels, and finding really what uh, those audiences and that traffic that are interested in your product. Um, and the last one is your website experience. When someone sees a great ad that you engage them with, they like the ad, they click through it, and then you keep optimizing down the traffic to find higher and higher conversion rates on your click-through. Then when they get to your website, what's that website experience? I would say nine out of 10 clients that we take on have a terrible page load on mobile. And this is the biggest thing that you can do to automatically start making you know, at least 30% more revenue from your current existing traffic. Really focus on mobile. Mobile is where it's all going. Um, a lot of e-commerce stuff is on mobile. And a lot of these Shopify themes, WooCommerce themes, really struggle to load quickly. So really look at your mobile experience and optimize that. But ideally, a good e-commerce site will really convert around 3%. And so use that as a benchmark. The higher you go above 3%, obviously, the better. Um, if you're under 3%, you've got some work to do. And um, you definitely want to look at your conversion rate. We can go through some tactics on that later. Um, okay, so now you know those three main levers. So I really want to focus on the traffic one because this is the one uh, that a lot of people struggle with. How do you scale and how do you get more people converting, visiting your website um, without, while, while still making money? A lot of people can do remarketing and that's fine. The conversion rate, the return on investment, all that sort of stuff is great on remarketing. But then when it comes to, okay, now how do I take this to the next level? How do I find new customers? How do I find new people? You really need to start simplifying um, your acquisition channel. And the easiest way to do that is to go, what is top of the funnel traffic and what is bottom of the funnel traffic? Now, top of the funnel traffic has a different objective than the bottom of the funnel traffic. So the top of the funnel, your goal is to get shares, engagement, someone to learn about your brand. It's really focusing on the first touch point because you're never going to make direct response work continually up to tens of thousands of dollars a day in media spend. Um, it used to work, but the platform's getting more expensive. Facebook, in, I think Facebook is 70% more expensive year over year. So the direct response is slowly dying out. So you really need to start thinking about your business as having top and bottom of the level, uh, top and bottom uh, level traffic. So really focus on, I'm going to go through some examples of the top level, and then the bottom uh, funnel traffic is all your remarketing. So once someone has learned about your brand, how do you get them to come back? How do you make sure they don't forget about you? So that is remarketing with ads, that is remarketing with email, remarketing with messenger, as many touch points as possible uh, before the conversion. So you really want to separate your campaigns 
into those two types of um, categories, top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Objective of the top of the funnel is to get that first touch point and that engagement. Objective of the bottom of the funnel is to get that conversion and uh, get those, make that revenue back. Okay, so now we're gonna go, how do you actually do this? All right, so a really basic structure that you guys can use and get started is, is okay, at each one of these stages, top and bottom, you're gonna have different types of messaging, different types of ads. So something isn't necessarily gonna apply. Like, so for example, say you are trying to get someone to buy something. Now, they might not even know they need the product yet. So you can't go and pitch all the amazing things your product does because they don't even think they need your product. So if you look at this chart here, you can see the different types of engagement and messaging you need to use as you go through top and bottom of the funnel. I've kind of put in warm and cold a little bit, so that's still top of the funnel, but you can see as you get to warm, people are getting a little bit more aware of the problem you're solving, the product you're offering, and the solutions you're offering. Um, so you can really start off with the cold traffic, introducing the problem, saying that you have the solution, all the way down to bottom of the uh, funnel, which is, hey, I have the best product, here's the comparison, here's my customer reviews, this is why I'm the best out of any possible choice that you could make for solving this problem. Um, now, these are some stats. Now, we don't just tell you this, we actually put this into practice. So, in this ad account, you can see that there's a few different things happening here. So one, the account has been split into top and bottom. Um, so you can see the top of the funnel has terrible ROAS, but we're not optimizing for ROAS in these campaigns. What we're doing is we're trying to get as many engaged people as possible to interact with our brand and get that first touch point. Because do you know what's really expensive? trying to convert cold traffic into a customer. So what you want to do is you want to have top of the funnel campaigns and you want to optimize those to engagements, shares, click-throughs, and make sure that that traffic is engaging once they do get to your website. You can do that in Google Analytics or other tracking software. And you can see on the bottom of the funnel is all of our remarketing campaigns. Now we go super heavy on remarketing. Once someone has found our brand, we want to make sure that we're going to convert those people. And we are constantly trying to increase that conversion rate more and more and more using all these different types of remarketing. So this is in Facebook, dynamic product ads, website retargeting, so people who visit specific pages but not others, past purchases. It's a lot easier to, to convince someone to buy a second time uh, than a first time. And so you can see all of our ROAS is made on the remarketing, but all of our volume is made up on the top of the funnel campaigns, which are things that I'm gonna go through in a second. So the pros and cons of using top of the funnel campaigns. Now, top of the funnel campaigns are really scary for a lot of brands because you can't, it's, it's hard to measure the direct ROI on them. So the pros on top of the funnel campaigns is one, it's a lot cheaper. So you're looking at, you know, 10 cent clicks compared to $3 clicks. Um, so you can think of how much extra traffic you can get at 10 cents compared to $3. Um, you're also optimizing for shares and engagement. Now this is one of the core reasons why Facebook is one of the most powerful advertising platforms right now, because they have that share functionality. And shares means that you can get people to look, see your ad, share it with all of their friends, and you didn't even have to pay for that person to share that with all their friends. They're advertising your product for you. And when you see a product advertised by one of your friends or even mentioned by one of your friends, you're 70% more likely to actually go and consider buying that product than if you were to see it from a brand. 
So people trust people a lot more than people trust brands. So the share is an extremely good metric. So top of the funnel campaigns, you need to make sure you're optimizing to the share, the click-through rate, and the engagement. Because that's what we want. We want viral content. We want stuff that gets shared and people engage in. Um, the cons, so it's really hard to track the ROI on top of the funnel campaigns. I'm going to show you how to do that using a few different tools. And it's not as scary as you think. And it can be free as well. Okay, so this is an example of a top of the funnel campaign. So the types of campaigns we run is we run giveaways, contests for top of the funnel, we run viral videos, and we also run quizzes. So all of these different types of campaigns aren't focusing on converting people. They're actually focusing on gauging them and getting that first touch point. So with a giveaway, extremely shareable. Um, everybody loves free stuff. So we use giveaways to drive a huge amount of email list signups, a huge amount of traffic to remarket, a huge amount of engagement to create conversations. Um, and you can see from this ad, um, you know, it's got a really good share to like ratio. Uh, you can see a lot of people were sharing that. The other thing is you want to incentivize a share. Ask people to share your content. It's not rude to ask someone to share stuff. Make sure you're doing that. So this is the second option, um, using videos they get a ton of views and essentially go viral. So both of these ads, we spent probably over $5 million each. So this top one was a bracelet company, and they got featured on Good Morning America. So we took that and we scaled the shit out of it pretty much uh, with paid ads. And you can see there, 22 million views on that. Um, what is it? 40, 43,000 likes. 100,000, uh, sorry, 43,000 shares, 100,000 likes. So you can imagine, like, we spent that, and then the return on that is massive because all the people that came through that ad, all the people who engaged, we were doing that heavy remarketing on. So as soon as they engage with our brand, we're hitting them up four to seven times to go and buy from us. Now, the main thing is with these viral videos or these videos that do get a lot of traction, there's a few things you need to note. So one, it's really easy to do this with when you're featured by someone else. The third party validation is a lot stronger than if you're trying to say, hey, I'm really good, you should like my stuff. When someone else is saying like, hey, Jack's really good, you should like his stuff, it's much more compelling. So an easy way to do this is to use any PR releases that you get, um, any way that you've been featured. This example, for example, they were featured on uh, the Today Show. And so we scaled that up. And then the bottom one was a food subscription box company. And we spent millions on this ad as well. And they were doing a price comparison on that product on some news channel. So try and build those relationships where someone else will take your product, make some really good, valuable content around it, and then add with paid media to get people seeing this and sharing this. You can see that we're not doing any hard sales pitches in these ads as well. You can see the top one, we're giving away a free bracelet every day. Um, those bracelets were costing us like $3, and it was getting a lot of people to share. And the bottom one is literally just a price comparison of how much it would cost to uh, buy all this stuff at the supermarket or get this home-delivered subscription box. So both of those ads that we created weren't very salesy. Where we made all the money was all the remarketing on that. This is the third one, so using influencers. Influencers are a great way to get your brand out there and scale. Now, there's one trick with influencers. It's really hard to organically scale an influencer campaign. But if you can negotiate to have access to the influencer's Facebook page or Instagram account to run ads through, that's how you can get results like this. 
So we found an influencer that matched the company. This was a vitamin B vaping company. And we noticed that everybody, uh, a lot of the people who followed, were really into UFC. So we connected with a UFC fighter, got access to his page, got him to create some content, and then we scaled this up with ads. Now you can see we had a ton of likes, shares, and comments on this, but it wasn't necessarily too salesy. Um, it's a little bit more salesy than the last set of ads that we had, but it's more like a brand endorsement from someone else. So exactly what I was saying before, people are much more likely to take a recommendation from a friend or someone they follow than they are from the brand. People don't like buying from brands. Um, so you can see that that's, another, that's a third way that we like to do top of the funnel uh, traffic generation. All right, so now the difference between top and the bottom of the funnel, this is a bottom of the funnel ad. So this is super hard sales pitch. We're doing benefits, features, why our products are best, why we're great, it's coming from the brand, um, and we've got direct links everywhere. We've got so many call to actions in that thing, it's hard to, hard to miss the click through. Um, so you wanna make sure you're calling out the exact person because you should know who they are, you should know what they like, what they do. You really need to understand your customer as much as possible. Um, so you can see the difference between the top of the funnel ads and the bottom of the funnel ads. Um, so make sure that you create campaigns, splitting your traffic up into those two. Um, a little bit about creative. Uh, there's so many guides online um, about what sort of creative you should be using, but I'm just gonna breeze over some of these. Um, always go with video. Video is such great, uh, a great way to advertise, and that's another reason why Facebook and Instagram have done so well, is because video is much more engaging, it's much more interesting, it's much more shareable, compared to Google Ads, which is a text ad. Um, people aren't as interested in just reading, reading what they're gonna buy, they wanna see it. So make sure that you're doing square. Square videos work really well on Instagram and Facebook. Um, loop them if you can, if they're really short. Do 15, 30 seconds. Uh, that's usually the sweet spot for the videos that we do that work really, really well. Um, you need to make sure that you capture the attention in the first three seconds. So your holding screen needs to be super engaging and your first three seconds needs to really capture their attention. So show the best thing about your video in the first three seconds or the best thing about your product in the first three seconds and that will make them watch the rest of it. Um, the other thing is nobody has sound so make sure you've got captions on there. Um, but yeah, make sure you're using video. Top of the funnel video works really well. Bottom of the funnel, you can use images um, because you will start getting better ad placements in the right-hand column and all that sort of stuff. How many people are doing Facebook advertising right now? All right, good, so this is kind of making sense. <laughs> all right, so now we've gone through uh, top and bottom of the funnel traffic. You've segmented everything. Now, how do you actually track this stuff? Um, the biggest issue with companies is that they don't track the customer journey, and they don't understand the customer journey. So everybody's looking for a click equals a buy. And you can keep doing that to a certain extent, but it's gonna be really hard to scale your company to the tens of thousands of dollars a day that you wanna be making by going with this direct response approach. So thankfully, there's a few tools that Facebook has come out with that allows us to easily track the customer journey. So the first one is Facebook Analytics. So this is gonna be really important if you're gonna use the top and bottom of the funnel traffic because you wanna be able to see um, you know, who's actually converting from your top of the funnel if they are converting because you don't wanna just get a ton of likes, shares, and comments if none of these people are actually gonna convert. You still wanna make sure it's targeted traffic. 
So the Facebook Analytics tool allows us to build super targeted audiences, super valuable audiences with high intent. It allows us to look at uh, lifetime value and average order value. So it's really important to maximize these two things because you make all of your money after the first purchase. You want to make sure that you're getting one person to discover your brand that you pay for, and then after that, you convert them five, six, seven, eight, nine times on email, remarketing, and all the other channels that are a lot cheaper. You don't want to have to go and find and buy every single one of your customers. Remarketing and upselling is important. Okay, so this one here is in Facebook Analytics. What you can do is you can segment all of your traffic into super high intent. So you can see in this one, we have found a little segment of our audience that is, have visited 10 times, or they visit 10 times in the last 90 days, and they've also made five plus purchases. Now, these are super, super engaged people. Now, what you do is you take that audience and you turn it into a custom audience. You can see where it's highlighted. And then from there, you turn that into a lookalike audience. So this way, you're making really high intent audiences, and then you're finding everybody else in America or whatever country you're making your lookalike from that are very similar to these people. And this is what? This is like 0.47% of the people who visit my website. So I want to make sure that I'm really focusing on the top, top, top group of people um, and finding people like them. Because you can see here, this is 1,500 people. And on average, they spend $800 each. The average order value on this store is about $49. So you can see why this customer is so much more valuable to me than the $49 um, purchase guy. The other tool in Facebook Analytics that you can use is the percentile. So Facebook will just show you the top 25% of whether it's your top 25% purchases, people who messaged uh, your, your page or your brand, people who engaged. This is another way to segment your uh, data and make sure that you're creating audiences from your top value customers. Because if you just create a lookalike audience based on your page views, that's super broad. Facebook's going to have no idea what to do with that. Um, you might have like some similar traits, but chances are it's going to be very, very scattered. And the other thing is, how do you monitor the lifetime value? How frequently are people purchasing a second time? So in this example, on this store, we've gotten it to 43% of people buy a second time. And we've got a metric that it takes 2.3 weeks. So we need to hit these guys super hard for three weeks to get them one in two people pretty much buying a second time. So look at this metric in your Google Analytics, uh, sorry, Facebook Analytics and optimize this. So check in this once a week, once a month, and make sure that all your actions are slowly increasing these metrics. Um, and the last thing is tracking. So Facebook Analytics also lets you do some really good tracking. So if you have a top of the funnel campaign and you're leading that to a landing page, you can make a filter by referral domain. So this was for a giveaway example. So uh, we had a giveaway page, and we were seeing if those people were actually turning into customers. So not only were we getting the email, the engagements, um, we were also getting some direct responses as well. Um, and this takes out the uh, tracking attribution models. Um, how many people know about attribution? A few people, not much. So this is going to be very a, a lot of learning right now, because we're going to go into the Facebook attribution tool. And this is going to help us track the customer journey even better. Um, so this tool is also free from Facebook. And it's really good because anything prior to this was really expensive. If you looked at like Kissmetrics and a bunch of the other uh, lifetime tracking software tools that you could buy, they were really expensive. Facebook has now come out with a free version. 
that you can now combine all of your different traffic channels and you can see your customer journey. Um, so it's really important that you set up Facebook attribution. I'm going to show you quickly uh, the best things about it and what you can use for it. Um, so just we'll quickly go over what an attribution model is. So when someone converts or someone turns into a customer, the way that your platform, whether it's an ad manager, analytics dashboard, the way that they track that person changes. So most ad networks like Facebook and Google, they track on the last click. So the last click is a super conservative way of tracking your metrics because that's saying, hey, uh, Facebook, I want you to only attribute this conversion to the last ad that this person clicked before they converted. Now, this is only like half the picture. How did this person find out about our brand? How did this person actually get to that thank you page? It doesn't tell us any of that. So you can see on this graph, you can see the conservative all the way up to the growth orientated. And so here, uh, we really like to do the positional based. Now, the positional based is really important because what you can do is you can look at when that first touch point happened and when the last touch point happened. Those are the two most important touch points that you want to look at when you're advertising. Because if you don't know where you're introducing your brand to these people, you're, not, you're, you're going to have a really hard time scaling. Because if you sit there looking at last click attribution the entire time, you're only going to keep increasing your budgets on remarketing. Because you're not going to see where all of these people are actually coming in and being introduced to your brand. So when you get back to computers, um, make sure that you change your attribution model in Google and AdWords to position-based and make sure you start looking at your Facebook ads in the attribution tool based off the position based. I'm going to show you why now. So these are my prospecting campaigns. You can see up the top is when I look at my ROAS based on my last click. So you can see, okay, those campaigns aren't doing really well. I'm probably not going to scale those. None of them are really that profitable. But then when you look at the positional 40, you see that those prospecting campaigns are actually driving a decent ROAS when I take into account that they're actually attracting all of my new customers and new visitors to my website. So instead of turning this campaign off, I'm actually going to scale and spend more money on this. So this is a huge issue that a lot of stores have. They don't look at this attribution model difference and they turn off these ads when they should be increasing the spend on these ads. So does that all make sense? Anything else that I need to go into more detail on that? Um, okay, so a few other things you can do with the attribution tool. Um, what I really like is being able to pull in all of my ad data to one platform. So it shows you all of your Google AdWords data and it shows you all of your Facebook ads data. And so that way you can avoid having too much overlap with spending the same amount of money on both platforms but not knowing that they both converted the same person. So that means that you're going to be able to see if you're just paying twice or double for a customer or that customer's actually working well between the two platforms and you're maybe doing a lot of the awareness on Facebook and a lot of the remarketing on Google. So if you're running both ad platforms, Google and Facebook, make sure that you set up your attribution tool and you sync your AdWords data or Google Ads data to your attribution tool. Um, the last thing about the attribution tool is it will just give you a quick rundown of whether you should be optimizing your account to mobile or desktop. This is really niche dependent, so we'll see a lot of B2B companies focusing on desktop. We'll see a lot of e-commerce companies focusing on mobile. So you can see with this guy, um, his account 
is pretty much all mobile. So we don't even run desktop ads apart from remarketing. We're just wasting money on desktop prospecting ads. So check out this in your Facebook attribution tool and see if you should be spending all your money on mobile or desktop. All right, so let's summarize all this quickly. So what you want to do is, or these are the main things that are going to help you scale. First off is start segmenting your account into top and bottom of the funnel. So have campaigns as top of the funnel, have campaigns as bottom of the funnel. Make sure you have the correct messaging, targeting, and ad type for those two different segments. You can get a lot more granular, but this is just the basic starting point, and it's going to help you scale a lot better than uh, just looking at the current last touch attribution. Remarketing. All of your money is going to be made on remarketing. The goal for prospecting is just to get that first touch point and get those people aware that you exist. As soon as they know you exist, do not let them forget you. Make sure you're following up on every channel you can. Make sure you're in their newsfeed. Make sure that you're everywhere. Because as soon as they forget about you, they can't come back and purchase from you, and you've wasted that money on getting that person's attention. Um, third one is data. All the companies that are scaling extremely large media spends are using data. So using that uh, feature therefore in the Facebook analytics tool where you can segment your data and your traffic, make sure you're doing that because that's how we scale a lot of our large customers who are spending upwards of $10,000 a day. They are 100% using data. They don't even do interest targeting anymore. Um, and creative. Creative is going to get more and more and more important as platforms get more and more expensive. People who don't have good creative, people who don't have shareable content, people who don't have engaging content are now starting to get penalized by the ad platforms. So really invest in your content, but before you invest in your content, make sure you know who your customer is, why they buy, why they need your product, and why they actually should care who you are. Um, so I've got a little bit of a to-do list for you guys. So this is going to help you know what to do when you get back to your computer after having me yell at you for half an hour about what you should be doing. Um, so first off is make sure you set up the attribution tool. The earlier you set this up, the better, because it will only start collecting data from the day that you turn it on. So even if you don't need it right now, just set it up and turn it on now so you've got more, more data for when you actually do use it. Not enough, customers, uh, not enough companies are talking to their customers. Just talk to your top 10% of customers. Call them up, email them. Make sure that you know who they are, what they like doing, what they don't like doing, why they purchased from you, and why they care about your product. Why did they choose you over the other 10 options that they had? If you don't know that answer, you're going to have a really hard time scaling, and you're going to have a really hard time finding other people that are going to also buy your product. Um, again, segment your traffic. Try and set up a top-of-the-funnel campaign and a bottom-of-the-funnel campaign, and make sure you're going heavy on remarketing. Um, really invest in remarketing because that's where you're going to make all of your revenue and your uh, profit. Um, optimize your website for mobile. So if you are on Shopify or you have a website, go to the Google Page Speed Tester, chuck your URL in there, see how you do, see how you score. If you're not doing so hot, um, try and figure out how you can get your page load faster. Do I have unnecessary images on my page? Are my images like three megabytes each? There are some really easy ways to speed up your website, especially on mobile. It's going to make a huge difference on your conversion rate. So that is the easiest win that you could possibly do. Get rid of some of the stuff that you don't need or shrink the stuff that you do need. Um, double down on remarketing and focus on the share. So 
a lot of these companies that do get to the point where it's like, hey, I'm making a decent amount of money, but instead of making hundreds a day, I want to make thousands or tens of thousands a day, a lot of them struggle to reach those higher things because they are focusing on the direct response. They're not focusing on the scalability. So focus on the share. If you are getting like really good share rates, make sure you're scaling up those ads um, because the share is super important and it's the reason why social media marketing works so well. Um, that's all, but let me know if you have any questions or anything. I don't know how long we took, um, but I'm sure we've got some time for some questions. If anybody's got any. Yeah, so when you make that segment of your data, you're going to take that segment and turn it into a custom audience. So that's the seed audience. And then you're going to create lookalikes from that audience. So you make the 1%, 2%, 3%, etc. And uh, that will help you scale and show your ad and content to the right people because the people that are in those lookalike audiences are very similar to your highest engaging customers. Um, so that's how you want to use that. Tools that I recommend, um, yeah, so talk to a developer about, if you're using Shopify, try and use fast themes. There's a lot of super bloated themes. Um, so make sure that you're, you're looking at the theme speed and ask the developer, ask another developer um, if your theme is bloated or not. You might need to change your theme. Um, get rid of anything unnecessary. So like, keep people focused on your goal. What's your goal is to get them to see a product, then the goal is to get them to look at the product, then the goal is to get them to buy the product. So if you've got like other flashy stuff that just doesn't, you don't need there, like random email sign-up forms um, that's distracting people, and also like big videos that might be really good for branding but aren't necessarily doing you any favors in the conversion realm, like convert those videos to GIFs. Make it like a 10-second GIF instead of an embed from YouTube. Um, cut down if you've got too many images, uh, all your images aren't optimized. Optimize your images and that sort of stuff. There's a bunch of image optimization apps that you can get. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it's Short Pixel is the one we use. And so as you upload the image, it will like shrink it down for you. Um, so yeah, just look at your your page speed, and it will tell you in Google Page Speed what the issues are that's slowing down your site. But a lot of the time, it's conflicting apps. It's using external things. Like when you pull in your feed from Instagram that thing slows down your site so much. So instead of pulling in your feed from Instagram, pick your top Instagram images and just put them in as images. Don't dynamically populate it. Um, because as soon as you're pulling all that information from Instagram, it's going to slow down your site. Yep. If they see you too much? Um, you can, but you've got more to lose if you don't show it enough. <laughs> um, so really, if you're worried about that, what I do is I put a one-day exclusion. So anybody who engages with my Instagram or Facebook, within a day, I exclude them from my audience. So nobody will see me more than once every two days. Um, so that's an easy way to worry about your frequency. If you start to see your frequency getting like 10 plus, um, and your ROAS starts going down, or your click-through rate starts going down, or the quality scores start going down, then you're like, okay, maybe I'm showing this too much, and you just decrease your budget. Um, 
Okay, so you're going through the learning stage. It's finding all of the best customers, and then it's going out of learning stage and then trying to find more. The problem is you've found the best customers, and you need to wait for it to optimize. Because a lot of people do that where they launch a campaign, it does really good, and then you're like three bad days, and then you turn it off. <laughs> Start looking at the longer picture, and maybe run it for a week. Um, don't shut it off too early, because a lot of people shut it off too early, and it ends up... Um, uh, tanking all the conversions, and then it would have come back, but you turn it off too early. But again, make sure you're using top and bottom of the funnel traffic, because you're going to have less issues with that, because your top of the funnel metric is going to be a lot easier to do than the bottom of the funnel metric. A lot of people try to optimize the purchase too early. So you need something like 50 conversions a week on a campaign. A lot of people don't hit that when they start, so that's why you need to use the top of the funnel campaign, because the goal is a lot easier to achieve than a purchase. And Facebook, if it doesn't have enough data, can't optimize properly. Um, any, one more, or that's it? Any more? Okay, one more. So you essentially always want to use the conversion campaign, but make the conversion easier. So if it's a giveaway, the conversion is a sign-up. If it's a video, the conversion might be to click on something and view content. So for example, with that one with the bracelet, we were optimizing for people to view content on the website. So they would watch the video, and then we'd be being like, OK, Facebook, drive everybody who's actually watching and then clicking through to check out the product. Um, and then once you have enough data, you can easily start optimizing the purchase, and Facebook will start working a lot better. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Um, I'll be around all day, so come say hi.